When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Split to the far corner, Trocek tried to center, stolen away by Drysaddle. Eight seconds to go. McDavid's going to have a breakaway to win it. He's over the line. Backhander scores! Connor McDavid with 2.6 to go. Well, you can add another verse to the legend of Connor McDavid, a dramatic overtime winner tonight. The Oilers beat the Florida Panthers 4-3, and actually the drama didn't end with the Jack Michaels play-by-play call because that goal was then subject to video review. They took a look at it. The puck was over the line in James Reimer's glove. The Panthers unhappy about it after the game. They lingered on the ice, a few of them anyway, to argue with the officials about the video review. However, when you saw from the uh, overhead angle, you could see the black puck inside the mesh of the white glove clearly over the line, and the Oilers are able to come from behind after blowing a lead in this game. They scored the first two goals, and they were up 2-0, 13-04 into the game, and quite frankly, Florida controlled most of the game from there on out. They got a goal from Greg McKaig, originally credited to Rob Brown's old teammate, Yarmir Yager, but Greg McKaig at 14:45 of the third made it 3-2 Panthers, and then Jordan Eberle, his 14th of the year and first since December 6th, tied it with 2.59 left, setting up that dramatic overtime. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. A lot to talk about tonight, but we'll start, as we often do, Rob, when it goes to overtime with the play at the end. I mean, that was a two-minute shift for those guys. <laughs> they were out there with 2.04 with a face-off in the Florida zone. They wound up having to defend and then... You know, clearly with that much time left, McDavid's going to go for the long bomb pass and dry settle connects. Well, a few things. Yes, it was a long shift. And it, I'm sitting where I sit right beside the Florida Panthers TV guys, and they kept talking about that. The dry settle and McDavid, they're tired. They got to take advantage of it. They're tired. And they were. But the Panthers did not take advantage of it. When McDavid got the puck, well, actually, first of all, when Drysaddle got the puck, McDavid was gone, and you know Drysaddle is going to lay it somewhere for him. I looked at the clock, seven seconds. All right, for I'm trying to think, could I make it down there in seven spot? Probably not, but McDavid, you know he's going to get there. He's going to have plenty of time to make the play. It's just as if he had enough gas to get there, he does. The one thing I started thinking about during that overtime period, if I'm playing against the Edmonton Oilers, I would have two defensemen on the ice when I'm playing against McDavid and Dreisaitl. It just, they are so dominant when you get into three-on-three because one of them is going to be going against a forward at some point. I would have two defensemen and and sit back, just play it, play it normal hockey against them, have your two guys out there and, and play it that way because what we've seen over the past number of games that Dreisaitl and McDavid, when they're out there, it's not when, excuse me, it's not if they're going to score, it's when they're going to score, because they get chance after chance after chance. Great play by Drysaddle, a better finish by McDavid, and a game that could have slipped away, the Oilers find a way to come back and win it. McDavid and Drysaddle had a two-on-one, 48 seconds in overtime, it was broken up. Eberle was in alone, a minute 11 into overtime, just missed the net, so the Oilers did have their chances before that. 780-496-0063. I'll get to the phone calls in a second here. I'm going to ask you a question that, it, it, I'm, and I'm going to be honest here, this is not fair to the Florida Panthers because the, I thought they played a really good game. They had more energy. They made the Oilers look hesitant and tentative at times, and full credit to them. But because they wound up not getting the two points, I'll ask you this question early in the show. You're the Florida Panthers. Mm-hmm. You've fought back from 2 nothing. You've you've been the better team most of the night. You've scored a relatively late goal to go ahead. How do you give up a 2 on 1 with 3 minutes left? Well, it was just it was just bad luck. It, it, it was a great play at the blue line and it was I believe it was Yandel. Keeps gets the puck on his stick and he goes to shoot it and from our vantage point, that's the one spot on the ice that we can't see. I don't know if the puck bounced over his stick. I don't know if he whiffed on it, but he just he, he he flubbed a shot 
the, the Florida Panthers were in perfect positioning. They had the puck on their stick, and somehow Yandel fanned. And that just turned, and Everly just went flying by him, and he's just waiting for the puck to come to him. So uh, that that was just bad luck. That had nothing to do with a bad play, simply bad luck. We, we've talked about ice conditions here at Rogers a lot. It is getting better, but that might have been a reason there too. I just, I'm going to have to see a replay to see how he missed the shot. Everly, ninth of the season. He'd gone 18 games without a goal. Cassian had gone 37 games without a goal. They both scored tonight. Latestu had the other one. Of course, McDavid, the overtime winner. Four goals means a $100 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. The total for the year, $3,325. It's 25 bucks for every goal throughout the year. All right, well, welcome Greg to the show to start the phone calls. This hey, Greg, what's up? Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. Well, I'm just saying, I want to. I got a couple things, like usual. Um, Russell looked like a stud in OT there, and uh, probably saved us game a, a couple times there. So, looks like a good pickup now for us, eh? I think um, it's been a good pickup all season long. He's he, he's a good hockey player that's helped the Oilers. Um, and you know, if McDavid keeps doing this, uh, you know, scoring with like .01 seconds left and all these close goals that are video reviewed all the time. He's going to give me a heart attack, and I'm not going to be able to finish watching the Oilers. Greg, you're so, going to tough it out. Don't worry. Yeah, I know I will. I've been doing it for the last 10 years, So, which brings me to one of my points is, you know, I've been watching the Oilers, you know, since, well, since I can remember, and, you know, even though this year they're doing good, it's still kind of tough for me because I'm, I'm always waiting for that gaffe or that mistake to be like, okay, they're going to lose this game. So I'm going to give it, like, I know they're good this year or better, and it's going to take a while to get used to that. But, you know, it, 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 as a fan that's been what we've been through for the last 10 years, it's kind of skeptical. But um, the one last thing I wanted to say is they need to shoot more. Um, in the second period, McDavid took a pass on the power play, and if he would have just got that off his stick, that probably would have been in the net. Maroon in the third, um, he go, you know, he tries to pass it over to McDavid, and if he, if he shot it, it... it or went to his forehand, that might have been in that too. So I'd like to see those guys. Um, I know they're looking for each other and, and, and trying to, you know, set up the, the, I guess, pretty goal but and trying to get him back in that. But I think a little more shooting uh, would be uh, more beneficial for that line because then that will open up the other the other players on the line. So if you have to worry about McDavid shooting, then that'll leave Maroon or, or um, Drysaddle um, more open for that pass. And vice versa, if, if Maroon or Drysdale are shooting. So. Yeah, th- thanks, Greg. Well, we've been asked about that a few times. If the Oilers are are passing up shots of the instances Greg mentioned, the one I really remember is is the Maroon one. And I mean, you can make the argument, you know, hot hand. I mean, he's got two games without scoring now. Jeez, what's going on? But uh, well, with the passing too, and there there are times that we see where the Oilers could shoot. They're much better than they have been in the past. Uh, McDavid is the guy that. I, I really think it's he's the one that could shoot more. But what you see from the stands is completely different when the players see on the ice. When you when Maroon got that puck, everyone in the stands sees who's open. When Maroon gets the puck, he's looking down at the puck, he's seeing legs, he's seeing bodies, he's seeing goalie, he's not seeing the opening to the net. So his first thought is to pass the puck. So yes, the Oilers should shoot more, but Remember, you seeing in the stands, you're seeing it from a very wide vantage point. It's very small, very narrow that the players see it from, and the speed is so, so fast. Sometimes you don't see the, the same play that the people in the stands see. Greg mentioned Chris Russell, who was the third star tonight. Jordan Eberle, the second star, and of course with three points, including his 100th career point. Connor McDavid is the first star. Rob and I give it a fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. I thought Oscar Clefbaum was uh, a stud on the back end tonight. He plays almost 27 minutes tonight, which I believe is the most of anybody in the game tonight. He's plus three in the game, has five shots on net. Oscar Clefbaum uh, continues to improve. He got off to a slow start this season. He's played much better as of late, and to me, he's the four-star for the Edmonton Oilers. Oilers pull out a 4-3 overtime win against the Florida Panthers. They've gone to overtime in 12 of their last 22 games. They're 7-5 and five in those 12 games. We have Barry on the phone line. Barry, thank you for calling. How are you guys doing? Doing great. 
That's good. Oh, the legend continues to grow, I guess. Um, I thought I was just going to say what Rob said. I thought Oscar Clefbaum had a monster game. I really did. And uh, Chris Russell also. But Connor uh, and Jordan Eberle, I believe, in the last five games could have had probably eight goals. You're absolutely right. He, he's getting chance after chance, which is good. When your and goal he, scorer is getting chances, that's good. Eventually, they're going to go in. Well, it's going to go the other way. He's going to spot about six or eight in about ten games here right away. Now, his his line has played better as of late, too. Yeah. I, I, they're, they're, they're chipping in a little bit here and there. Well, Nuge slowly, had a but, goal. Was it last game? Nuge scored. So they're it, starting to get it going. Exactly. It, slowly but surely, these guys are coming around, and oh, it, it's looking good. And I thought Cam Talbot made some big saves tonight, too. Yeah, just solid. I, I mean, the thing with, with Talbot is, yeah, I mean, okay, sure, I guess he gave up a relatively late goal to make it 3-2, but you, we don't find ourselves debating a lot of Talbot's goals, and, and he doesn't give up. He doesn't give up the backbreaker. You know, you might. The Oilers have been, the Oilers have been down in a lot of games. Yeah. We're tied after the the second period, and he doesn't give up the one that kills you. He, he allows his team to have a chance to make a play to win the game. He's kind of like fear. He makes a big save when he has to. Barry, thanks a lot for calling tonight. We appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have some people on hold, but there are a couple of open lines if you want to get through. Our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. The Oilers played most of this game with 11 forwards because Jujar Kara didn't finish this game. We'll get that update from head coach Todd McClellan after the news. Off the draw. Shift back to the point. Here's a distant Pushes it back. Jokic and slap pass. What a save by Talbot. Rebound Trocek. <laughs> Riley Smith with a beautiful high slot redirect. And Talbot once again the difference tonight. Latestu will bang it in. Yeah, that was a good save with two and a half minutes left in the second period. Camp Talbot now 24-12 and 6 on the season. His save of the game for Armour Insurance. Complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at armorinsurance.ca and the Oilers win this one 4-3 in overtime against the Panthers. Talbot with 28 stops overall. A dramatic finish. 2.6 seconds left on the clock. Connor McDavid in overtime and then it was video reviewed after that. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown. Man, you, you were, we're going to be talking about this one for this, this. I mean, you see 82 games a year this is your 11th year doing games. It's our fourth together. Sometimes you forget some of the games. I think this is... This oh, is I this forget is a lot of games. <laughs> well, this one you'll remember at least for a couple of days. Well, this is one of those you're going to remember and talk about until Connor McDavid does something else special. We've seen a number of times this year. The, they all, coaches always say you got to play a full 60, or in this case a full 65. The game's not over. And it's so true with McDavid on the team because he... He, his speed allows things to happen that doesn't happen for other players. You know, seven seconds in the game, he gets the puck at his blue line. Not only does he get there in, pl- in time, but there's plenty of time. I mean, most players are taking shots from the, the hash marks just to make <laughs> sure it gets in in time. But he, his speed, and this is after a two-minute shift. The, the, the Florida Panthers were able to change their players. Dreisaitl and, and McDavid, because of the having to switch ends in overtime. They have a long change. They're not able to change. And he still found the energy. Although it was funny when they showed him on the bench afterwards, his face looked a little pale. I think he was a little tired from that shift. But uh, he he truly is a remarkable hockey player that you have to be aware of no matter where he is, what time of the game, or or, or what's happening because he has the ability to break something open. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Dan on the line. Hey, Dan, thanks for calling. Hey, guys. Uh, Great game tonight. Uh, Ebb's huge goal to get us one point. And then Captain, my opinion, the best player in the world, got us the winner. Um, Two points, one important, one just little thing. I was talking to Rob a couple weeks ago. I still think you should split up Connor and Leon. Um, One even strength point, I believe, other than the three-on-three in the last three games. Um, I don't know what you want to think about that, but I have something more important after. Oh well, I, 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 I you're not going to change my opinion. Drysaddle is the best right ringer the Oilers have. Connor McDavid, your best centerman. 
I put them together. It, the the line of Nugent Hopkins, Everly, and I believe eventually it'll be Lucic. That'll be a, a solid second line. They're getting better. Everly's getting a ton of chances. Some of those chances are going to start going in. So to me, yeah. Dry Settle and McDavid. That, my opinion, that'll be a line that you're going to see for a long, uh, long time. I was so happy with Ebbs and uh, Nuge last game too. So, um, okay, the other point I was going to say, you know, I was on Twitter and I'm looking, and a lot of these analytic guys said Russell had a horrible game. <laughs> he said, you know, Russell and Sekera let all these shots against, and I'm, you know, I, I watched the whole game. The one minus he had was off a Nuge turnover. They played, you know, mostly it seemed to be the Nuge line with Russell and Sakara. I didn't really see Russell make any mistakes. I saw him blocking shots. I, I believe on the on the broadcast, wasn't he the, three, the third yep, star? Yep, he was the third star of the game tonight. And, you know, this is the thing I come back to is, in my opinion, you know, I love Taylor Hall. Of course, he's a great player. But with Russell, Larson and Russell on this team, we're a better team, and I think it's put us a few points ahead in the standings than we would have been without them. That's my opinion. I don't know what you guys think. Well, the record shows for itself. The Oilers are a much better hockey club, I, I believe, and I don't for sure, but I believe they're in the top ten now in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And this is a team that's been a perennial bottom three in the National Hockey League. This is an incredible turnaround. I think a, a big addition to this team has been Russell. I think the the defense is much better with him in the lineup, and I thought he had a good, uh, I thought he had a good game. I thought and he had a difference. The analytics don't say that. Well, the Dan, Dan, analytics what? say that they let all these shots against, they right. didn't create shots for, and blah blah blah. That, that's... But when you watch the game, uh, Sekra maybe not so much, but Russell played really well. I thought. Well, and that's what they're and that's what they're looking at. They're looking at at shot attempts, whether it is on net, wide, or is blocked. And they're saying if a guy is on the ice for more shot attempts against than four, he, he didn't have a good game. Uh, it, it's a very uh, it's a very simple way to look at the game. Quite frankly, I don't think it's that analytical at all. And I, I think that that can give you some interesting information, but it needs to be combined with a whole bunch of other information. And I think a lot of those people who are still relying simply on that stat which is called Corsi, uh, quite frankly, are, are being quite short-sighted is, is, uh, about it. Is Corsi not one? If I came down the ice and I took a wrist shot from the blue line, that counts as a Corsi plus, is it not? Well, it would also count as a shot on goal. Yeah, but, it, but yeah, if you but, shot wide by 40 feet, but if it, yes. but, but see, here's, here's my problem with that. If a guy comes down from the, on the, with the puck and he takes a wrist shot from the blue line, puts it on net, Goalie covers it. It's a face-off, or the goalie covers it, gives it to his own defense, and they come out. Where the better play was to dump it into the far corner for your four-checker to go in there. So you're getting a positive for a play that actually is a negative. Because the better play, if you're, say, Zach Cassian, you're coming down, and you got Matt Hendricks flying down the, the far side, it's better to dump it into Hendricks, get a four-check going, than to throw a soft softball on net for the goalie to stop and move to his defender. Right, and, and I remember, and look, we saw Russell play for Calgary. We didn't see him play every single game. Before the season started, I interviewed Pat Steinberg, who does my job for the Flames broadcast. Not near as good, obviously. No, Pat's really good. <laughs> and he said... That's how Russell plays defense. He gives he gives gap more than a lot of defensemen. Every once in a while he gets burned, but he's very good at reading the play and, and blocking the shot. And he did it on that one uh, two-on-one. So that's the way he plays. So that's why it's the job of an NHL general manager to say, okay, some nights that might be not a good shot attempt number. So I'm going to watch him play and see how many of those are actually turning into good scoring chances. I mean, so I mean, there's there's so there's so much there's so much to look at there. I don't want to turn the show into a, into an analytics debate because it's, uh, it, quite frankly, well, it doesn't it doesn't interest me that much. Let's stats and the stats at the end are just they're there to reaffirm what you think, and that's what coaches and GMs do. The the reason they're coaching and GM in the National Hockey League because they know what's going on. The stats usually reaffirm exactly what they think about players and games. Oilers win 4-3 in overtime. We'll go back to the phones in a minute. But for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices, here's Todd McClellan. Todd, do you feel, uh, I mean, more 
glad that you got the two points out of there or more frustration over the way the game got for a lot of it? Well, both those feelings exist. Um, obviously, we're not going to be perfect all season, and, and um, putting two points in the bank is really important for our team. And when it comes to April, it won't matter how that game was played. Um, we'll only know that we have the points in the bank, but I can tell you this, if we uh, move forward playing that way, it'll be a long time before we win again. So there's some concern there and some disappointment in, in our guys. It kind of hurts to say it, but I thought we were, uh, we were outworked tonight and we were out-hustled and, and um, they probably valued the points more than we did. They deserved them more. Um, goaltender, D, forwards, coaching staff, everybody was, was not where they needed to be to, uh, to perform at the NHL level, at a high level. So that tells you maybe your team has grown a little. There was a time when you guys put that get beat on all those fronts and it wasn't even close yes and no um yes when you look at it from that perspective and certainly in the past we would have you know we would have got beat 5-2 and moved on and and it was fine um so progress there but disappointment in the other part of the progress where hey we have to realize where we're at and if you want to keep your number at between one and ten in the league you got to be prepared every night there's nights you're going to lose there's nights the other team's going to be a little bit better than you they're going to get a break a bounce a call uh but to get out worked out hustled out uh positioned out past um for a whole game basically there's about a 10 minute span where we were the better team is is disappointing and you don't keep your upper stature playing that way and our guys still have to learn that Todd, you had a, a game. You talked earlier how you're waiting for some guys to get scoring. Uh, two guys with the two longest droughts on the team and Casson and Everly get on the score sheet. How much do you think that means for your team? You've been around long enough to think maybe that carries over moving forward. Yeah, that, that's, um, you know, the, the little nuances within the game is that Ebb's got on the score sheet. Big goal, big time. Um, you know, we counted on him to do that, and he got it done. So... But that's a good start for him. Cass as well. Cass has been, I think he's got more disallowed goals than goals now during the season, which is real unfortunate for him. Uh, but he's a pretty good soldier. He shows up and he knows where he is in the lineup. He's accepted the penalty kill. For him to get a goal is important as well. So, But, um, you know, both of them quite simple plays. Going to the net, um, putting it in on a, you know, a pass or a pass off the pad type thing. Uh, a number of our players got way too cute tonight and got nothing out of it. Uh, just uh, Juju didn't finish the game. Any update there? And Matt Benning, late scratch, or is he ill? Yeah, uh, Benny, Benny, we'd planned to play Benny. Um, but he, uh, after the morning skate, he got sick and just got sicker as, as the day went on. And J.J. left with an upper body injury real, real early in the game. And I thought it affected our our flow, our ability to play four lines, which didn't help things so um i think he'll be uh, out a little bit uh how long i don't know at this point todd would you offer an observation uh, on connor passing the 100 point mark uh, the fact that he's done it in less than 100 games does that mean something extra you know with connor it 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 almost gets old talking about it um and it shouldn't because he's 19 years old and he's doing what he does um he rises to the occasion in overtime. He couple helpers tonight, uh, but <coughs> I think when you um, <coughs> excuse me, when you get to that point where you're scoring a you know point a game or more at this level, regardless of how old you are, how many years you've been in the league, uh, you've arrived and you're uh, you're one of the top players. Todd, any uh, if you had to rank it. How would you say the uh, the lookalike was for you tonight? Was that a five out of ten, a seven? Uh, it's. Uh, I'm not even going to go there. It's that's disappointing. Good. Thanks. Okay. There's Todd McCullen. Didn't want to talk about the uh, 
image on the scoreboard where they they showed a fan that looked a bit like Todd, and they put "separated with birth" as the uh, as the font up on the board. Jujar Kara, unfortunately, an upper body injury. Todd McClellan says he will be out a little bit, so that's too bad. Guy scores his first NHL goal last game, and then uh, knocked out of the lineup tonight. The Oilers do win four three in overtime. I don't think we're surprised to hear that McClellan wasn't really overly thrilled with a lot of aspects to the Oilers game tonight. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Rocket on the phone line. Good evening, Rocket. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Good. I'm uh, very, very excited for uh, Everly finally getting off the schneids as well as uh, Cassian. So uh, that's, uh, that's a positive thing. And I've been listening to a lot of talk shows, radio shows and stuff lately, and they've been, uh, you know, we've been, everybody's been saying we've been finding different ways to win and I think there's no more evident than tonight when you get two guys like that that get off the schneid and and contribute to uh, to a game that they didn't play well in, and and those and those two guys actually um, you know you know come through and are a big part of uh, that victory. And I just kind of wanted your thought on that. Well, I think not only did they both get the goals that they desperately needed. I thought both those players had very good games. I thought Cassian had a very strong game. He he made a fantastic play late in the game to Lucic, where we thought Lucic had scored there. He had a great chance. Everly had a ton of great opportunities. He almost won it in overtime as well. Everly has been getting better in the last five, six games. Uh, he went through a stretch where he wasn't scoring, but he also they weren't getting chances. They were getting outplayed in their own zone. Uh, he was getting frustrated. And you could tell over this stretch, he, he's, he's getting great scoring chances. And we're not just talking shots on net. We're talking breakaways, two-on-ones, wide-open looks. He's hitting posts. He's getting robbed by goaltenders. We saw uh, the last game, uh, was it Mike, who was it? Mike Smith or Schneider? Who's the one that ro- absolutely robbed Mike Smith? Oh, Smith, Smith Arizona, absolutely yeah. robbed him. So he's getting as good a scoring chance as you can get. Now, if you're a goal scorer, if you're an offensive player, that's what you're looking for, chances. Because he's got the same shot, he's got the same hands, he's that same player. Now the chances are coming. And it, and it bodes well for the others because you know what you're getting from McDavid. The Nugent Hopkins line has been putting offensive pressure on the other team. They're getting their, their, their looks now. And if that if they continue to do that, the puck's going to continue to go in for them. So the others right now are in the top ten in the National Hockey League with probably four or five, probably four of their better players having off seasons. So you got to think, well, wow, the sky's the limit for this team once those players just get back. They don't have to do anything special. They just get back to what they're expected to do. All right, Oilers take it 4-3 in overtime. The winning goal was uh, reviewed, and it was shown to be over the line in James Reimer's glove. What does Reimer think about it? Let's find out, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, it's uh, it's a valuable point. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, obviously when you're down uh, early, I mean, that's uh, that's not how you draw it up. But I thought we battled back hard as a team and and uh, deserved the point, if if not the extra. So um, unfortunate, but good to battle back. And uh, obviously, you didn't agree with uh, with the decision at the end of overtime. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't think you any... felt that you made that you, you, uh... you made the save and the puck stayed over the goal line. Uh, I mean, I don't think any goalie will, uh, will agree with that call. I mean, um, obviously he's a good player, and, and uh, obviously I think uh, 20,000 people thought thought it went in, and, and obviously I knew I had it in my glove, and I didn't know if it crossed the line or not, but when I saw the replay, um, you know, I thought that uh, they might uh, make the call our way, but um, not the way they ref saw it. So, um, you know, you just uh, you go on with life. I mean, I'll take from it what I, uh, what I feel I can, and, and um, you know, you just can move on. Did you get an explanation? The puck's in your glove, obviously. And did you get an explanation why they called it a goal? Um, the explanation I got is they said my, my glove was in the net. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the explanation I got. Thanks, James. That's James Raymer. All right, thanks, Kyle Morris. Work on the Panthers dressing room tonight. Well, I, I mean, look, I think the explanation he got was the right one, yeah. quite frankly. The puck was in his glove but over the line and uh, clearly not in his glove I, I'm curious well, to know what Derek McKenzie and the coaching staff were arguing on it. 
because that is the that's the explanation. And I wa- we both we watched the replay several minutes after the game. The ref signaled goal. Yeah, but I think he signaled goal because I think he thought the puck was in the net. I don't think he because he was surprised when Reimer showed him the glove. He actually looked back into the netting and then looked in the glove. I think he thought the goal was in. And then he was surprised that it was in the glove. Then they go to to Toronto and, and figure out what what really happened. But the ref said the glove went across the goal line. He told that to Derek McKenzie, the captain of the Florida Panthers. He told it to the coaching staff. Yet they still were arguing. So they must have had a different argument as to what they felt. If if they felt that maybe the the glove, the the angle of the camera, if maybe part of the puck wasn't shown, you couldn't see the full puck. Because they knew what the explanation was, yet they weren't satisfied with it. And uh, the, the Ryan just talked about the referee saw it differently. I don't believe that's the referee's full call. I think that's Toronto's call. They're the ones saying if it's in or if it's not. And to me, I, I, I think it's finally uh, the right call. There's so many times where you know the puck is in the net, but you can't get a clear picture of it. His pads in the net, you know it's across the goal line, yet they still say, well, we well, can't. Well, like McDavid against the Kings yeah. early last year. So, yeah, so we've seen it go the opposite way. This time, I believe it was the absolute right call, and it's unfortunate for the Florida Panthers because, as Todd McClellan said, they were the better team for most of the night. All right, if you're on the uh, phone line, stay there. We're going to finish the play with Kevin when we get back. The Oilers do pull out a 4-3 win over the Panthers. We need five, however, to turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Jet.com slash Oilers. When Edmonton does hit five in a game, you can print up a free appetizer coupon to Japanese Village. 4-3, your final. We're coming right back to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Pranich Team Broadcast Centre. Encore Trucking, 35 years of boom truck experience and specialty lifts. Encore does the challenging lifts from escalators to plate glass. We're just better. We're the smooth. Live from the Terry Perez Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. To the point, Sekra crosses with David, feeds a punt, deflecting it, Mark Latestu. Another power play goal for Latestu and Edmonton extends to a 2-0 lead and McDavid has set up both goals. So that goal made it 2-0 for the Oilers at 13.04 of the first period. The rest of the game, quite frankly, the Panthers were the better team, but the Oilers survive. Everly ties it late and McDavid wins it late in overtime. 4-3, your final. McDavid uh, with 100 and two career points now because he mm-hmm. got 100, 101, 102. And Mark Letestu, his ninth goal of the season, another one on the power play. Not quite as dramatic as a couple of the slappers he's uh, fired. Not as quite as uh, emphatic is the no, word I'm using for but it. But did, they all count. And where did he go? He one went the to the net. Yeah, and, yeah. and he did not kick the puck in, but he directed the puck in. He knew exactly where that puck was coming. He knew how to turn his skate blade and direct it into the empty net. Smart play by Mark Letestu. Okay, so the Oilers take it 4-3. We're going to finish the play and get Kevin's thoughts on the game. Kevin, you're going to have a chance to qualify for the grand prize. Draw $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service. You can trust Integra Tire. Experience integrity. But first, what's on your mind, man? Well, I got a question for Rob. I'm going to put him on the spot here. Mm-hmm. If I'm a GM in the league, sell me on why I should take the full contract of a $4 million-plus player who's only got... 14 points this year. You, you can't. You can't, and that's why that deal won't get done. So what are we going to do with Pouliot? You're going to hope that he finds the the games that we've seen in the past where he's been mm-hmm. a productive player. You're, yeah. you're just going to hope he's, he's going to get there. Uh, because what it, it, and I, we've said, Reed and I've said before, if you've got a player that's underachieving here, and as a fan you see it, these GMs have got scouts that are watching. They've got video of the player. They're watching yeah. it themselves. You're not going to fool anybody. So, well, see, and, and, and I've, I've watched some of the games, and I've listened to you guys on some of the games. He just seems so... He seems more consistently disengaged and disinterested in the games than he does engaged and ready to play and energized. I agree with that. And when he, ha- when he is engaged... He can be an effective hockey player. Oh, yes, yeah. But you're right. It, it's not enough. Like, he's taken on a role as a penalty killer and has done and done well at it. But mm-hmm. right now, he's on a line that needs to score. 
They oh, need, for sure. So yeah. he, he's got to be a productive player on that line. And in this last little while, that line has played better. But there are times where he does look disengaged. And you can't, as Todd McClellan talked about, if you want to be in the upper echelon, you can't take games off as a team. And that means you can't have players on your team taking the night off. So they need to get him to find his game because there, there's nowhere you're going to put him or move him to. They want to find it. Whether he becomes a third-line player that penalty kills or whatever it is, they need Benoit Pouliot to, to live up and play the type of hockey we've seen him play at times in the past. Oh, yeah, and, and being an Oilers and a, a Bruins fan, I mean, I've watched Pouliot for a while, and it, it, it just seems better part of last year most of this year. He just, more times than not, he's not looking like he's interested in being, you know, anything more than a skater on the ice. Yeah, it's that's a fair uh, fair assessment, absolutely. Uh, Letestu, though, I mean, wow, I've followed him for a while, too. What a just amazing player that we've he, he's turned into, especially this year. Well, what you really like is when you see a player that uh, probably has been underappreciated. Not no one knows a whole lot about him unless you've uh, a close follower of the team that he is that on. Mm-hmm. Yet he, when he's given an opportunity, he excels. He's a smart player. When you, when you, he, he doesn't have the God-given talent of a McDavid and a Drysdale. He's not got a body that they have. He's not six foot two, six foot three. But what he has is is hockey IQ. And when mm-hmm. you have hockey IQ, coaches are going to find places to put you. Well, you oh, exactly. need a guy that can one-time the puck. Letesto can do that, and he puts himself in the right position. We need a guy to win exactly. face-offs. Letesto can do that. We need a guy and he's so smart on the ice. Yeah, he's he's so smart, and that's the thing. He's so smart on the ice. He can play the power play. He's played the penalty kill. Like whatever role, as you were saying, whatever role the coach puts him in, he's finding a way to make the most of it. And what you love about him too, and why it's so so much fun watching him and watching him have a good year. There was times this year where he didn't get a lot of ice time. There was times where he was a healthy scratch. Never was there a word said in a negative light. Never did you see the body language sag. He continued to be a positive influence on the the team. He talked about the fact, yeah, I want to play. I certainly want to be in the lineup. But I'm doing whatever the coach wants me to do. And now when he's getting his chance, he's excelling. So those are the type of players that teams look for when they're trying to change culture. And he is one of the part, one big reason that this Oilers team has gone from where it has been to where it is today. Hey, Kevin, yeah, I, want to try I, to finish I think the play, he, buddy. I think. He, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yo, we want you to try to win something. Do you want to try to finish the play here? Sure. I, I was just going to say, Latesto is definitely one of the forty-nine contracts that uh, the Oilers need to stick with if if they want to make a push in the playoffs. But yeah, let's let's see if we can win something. Okay, let's see what Kellen has tonight. That one. Here's an opening for McElrath, but he was crunched. Okay, so it's an Oiler delivering a body check. It's an Oiler mm-hmm. delivering a body check. Is it Connor McDavid or is it Zach Cassian? It's Cassian. That one. Here's an opening for McElrath, but he was crunched by Milan Lucic, and the Oilers go. Oh, to work. I gave you the wrong choice. Oh, you win. He I wins. can't believe I you forgot, did that. I, to I forgot, him. I oh forgot the choices. Goodness. Well, he wasn't McDavid, so he gets the prize. <laughs> Sounds good, Kevin. <laughs> All right. You get you get the prize. I'm not playing games with you, Reed. Kellen, sorry about that, buddy. Put put your mic on, Kellen. I'm really sorry, buddy. That's okay. You can make it you up could, to me later you on. Could, honestly, when I screw, like, sometimes we have this thing in broadcasting, oh, don't correct a guy on air. You should you should have just jumped in and corrected me. Those are the wrong choices. <laughs> if it's if it's oh, I, I, trust me, I thought about it, but that boat had left the dock and well, it was going across the canal I, already. I so. wanted to give it a Bruiser or McDavid. Well, so he, he he identified that it wasn't McDavid. I so could, he's in the grand. I couldn't truck. give any hints there because I had no idea. Uh, well, we'll always make it a multiple choice, right? That's hopefully. We, no, no, maybe the next time we'll give them somebody that is correct answer in our multiple choice. Yeah, or I'll be like. Is it a current oiler or Paul Coffey? <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's hear from McDavid for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. Connor, did you, did you, did you have a pretty good idea that that went in after you shot it, or were you kind of waiting to see what it looked like? I thought, I thought it went in just because, you know, he was already in his net, basically, and um, 
you know, the refs did a good job, and, and the guys uh, you know, back in Charlotte and the video did a good job of being able to find a clear shot of it. You guys had a, a lead to work with, but let it get away. Was that just uh, one of those games where you let it get away from you, but were able to pull it back? Yeah, um, you know, that's unfortunately been a trend for us. Um, you know, but the main thing is we're finding ways to, to win games. Um, you know, we got off to a good start, and um, you know, saw that lead go away quick. Or, or not quick, but um, you know, they kind of took over the game after we got up to. So, um, you know, good on us to, to find a way to win, though. How tired were you? You for about a minute and a half because you couldn't get off there at the over. Yeah, we've been out. We've been out there a long time, but uh, you know, I saw the. They kind of had three guys uh, below the below the tops of circles, and, and Leon had the puck with all kinds of time. And usually, when he does that, he's going to make a sweet pass, and uh, he definitely did that. So you got one taken away from you when you ran out of time there in Phoenix. So this is what kind of makes up for that one. <laughs> definitely nice to, to beat the clock for once. Uh, I've had uh, two two goals kind of called back. Uh, Due to the, the clock, so um, definitely good to be on the right side of the zero. I had no idea actually, so <laughs> you didn't know going down. No, you didn't I, get a chance to. I had no idea. I was just trying to get down the ice. So um, I was exhausted. Points tonight. What is that? No, I guess it's nice, but it's not much of a milestone. Um, I definitely hope to keep going and, and yeah. Maybe not next to the yard. He's got 19 on him. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, tough. it's tough to be excited about when you see yeah, a guy like that coming in and you see all the numbers he's got. So, um, it's in less um, than 100 games, though, Connor. Yeah. Does that mean anything to you that you did it in less than 100 games? Yeah, it's it's good, but I have high expectations on myself, and, and you know, I, I believe that I can produce in this league, and um, you know, I definitely uh, want to keep going. Do you keep the puck? I. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Read that's Connor McDavid. Thank you, Brendan Ulrich. Connor McDavid, no kidding, he has high expectations for himself. <laughs> and yeah, the uh, the buzzer beater earlier this season in Arizona where he passed to Benning, tenth of a second too late. This one obviously there was enough time, but with the review it was about uh, four inches over the line in Reimer's glove. The review showed it, so the Oilers win it. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, Panthers head coach and GM, Tom Rowe, as we move along, Ben and Gary are up next on the phone lines, but we got to call a quick timeout here. Canadian Brew House overtime. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. McKeg in support. He'll shovel it down low. Yager after the puck. It's slipped off glass by Everly. Knocked down by Yandel. Fan on the wrist. Johnny fell down, and the Oilers have a two-on-one. Everly walks in to tie it up. Shoots and scores! He's off the stride, and what an opportune time for Jordan Everly's first goal in 19 games. It's the equalizer. We are tied at three with 2.59 to play. Dramatic way for Everly to get his first goal in 19 games. It looked like Florida was going to walk out of here with a regulation time win. They scored with 5.15 left, but Everly ties it with 2.59 left, and then McDavid breakaway goal with 2.6 seconds to go in overtime, and Edmonton wins its fourth in a row, 4-3 over the Florida Panthers. Thanks for staying up with us. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins with you. It's 11.43, and we welcome Ben at 780-496-0063. Hey, Ben. Hey, guys. Uh, sorry. Uh, just wanted to comment, first of all, Always nice to see Eb score. I mean, to get the monkey off his back is is so so nice to see. Uh, I don't think there's a player that we want to see succeed and help his team more than Eb. Um, what I want to say is this: I'm getting a little bit uh, concerned with our ability to win a game in regulation. Um, I mean, our our games are so so exciting to see and the way that this team comes back when we're down is is it really shows their identity but at the end of the, of the day we have to find a way to win it win the game in regulation or like what are we going to do if we make a playoff run yeah fair point uh, I, I mean i think there were a couple games you would have wished the oilers could have closed out in regulation or or taken control of earlier in games they are 25 15 and 7 uh, so what have they played now? 47 games, 15 of those, so almost a third, have been tied after 60 minutes, and the Oilers are now 8-7 and seven in those games. Um, I think it's a positive. Yeah, I mean, I still, I still think getting to overtime and giving yourself a chance is a positive. 
Well, absolutely. I mean, like, let's be honest, guys. Like, we, this team has a totally different identity since the last number of years, right? They're coming back. They're finding ways to win, which is awesome. But, but we have to win in regulation. Like, our power play is still, you know, I know we got we had a, we had a power play goal today, and you know, I still think there's it's inconsistent, but. You know, come playoff time, we have to be able to score five on five. So, do you think we have to shake up uh, the, the lineups with uh, with a trade? Well, I mean, this is a team right now that's in the top ten in the NHL. I, I if the Oilers have to shake up things with a trade, then what do the other twenty teams behind them have to do? I mean, uh, to me, the fact that they're getting into overtime is great. That means they're in every game which bodes well when you go to the playoffs because now you're in every game. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. The others are capable of taking them 60 minutes or longer. I like overtime now when you get into the playoffs. You don't get the three-on-three, which is a huge benefit, I believe, to the Oilers because of McDavid and, and, and Drysaddle. But going to overtime, if it isn't a playoff game, you still have the advantage of a McDavid on your team. Just like if the Penguins go to overtime, I love the chances because they got a Crosby and a Malkin. Or you go around the league, the superstars in the league. That's an advantage. To me, I, I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves when you start thinking, you're, you're trying to find, okay, we've got to be better at this, we've got to be better at that. This is an Oilers team that last year was a lottery team. They, they, they were not good. For the last decade, they were not good. They are right now in the top ten in the National Hockey League, and they are two points out of a division lead against an Anaheim team that is a perennial cup favorite. They're ahead of the San Jose Sharks, who are the, a team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. The Oilers have got a good hockey club. Do they have warts? Yes. But you can go through every single team in the NHL and point out their warts. Tonight was a game that the Oilers were not very good in, yet they are good enough still to win these hockey games. Tom McClellan has got this team buying into a system, and they got the players that are, are, are going out there and doing, for the most part, what needs to be done. I think this is just all positives right here for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I, I understand Ben's question for sure. Um, but but I know, and, I, and I, you know, sometimes, Rob, you and I are probably guilty of it too. I mean, we watch the Oilers way more than any other team so you know sometimes you forget tons of games going to overtime i mean yep. the, and like i said it's not it's if the oilers they're eight and seven in games tied after 60 minutes if they were 13 and two i'd think okay that's great but clearly you know that they're relying a lot on overtime they're basically even in yep. overtime games they've gone on, on a bit of a run here and, you know, somebody was texting Inside Sports last night saying, well, quit saying the Oilers are nine games over 500 because, you know, f- most of the league is over 500. And I said, well, fair enough, but the Oilers aren't the only team getting points for losing in overtime. It's not like the Oilers have a beneficial point system and everybody else ha- has a harder one. So I-, I think Ben's question is fair. To me, to me, to me, Ben, if you're still listening, it- it's, it's not so much about maybe the overtime wins or winning in regulation. It- it's that sometimes they have started games slow and they've had to come from behind as opposed to I think now fans are hoping it's a better team. Can they take control of games earlier? Quite frankly, I think that's the next step in their evolution. That might be a season away. But I, but if you look around the NHL, there there aren't teams around the NHL that take control throughout the whole game. This is a very close league right now. They, they, all teams, there's very few teams that blow anyone out anymore. The teams can stay close in all game. The Oilers are, are, are a top 10 team with other Anaheims and San Jose's and Chicago's and St. Louis. And if you look at those teams, those teams all have warts too. And they're not blowing teams out. I just watched San Jose beat LA tonight, 3-2. And LA was all over them late in the hockey game. You just it, It's hard to close a team out because the parity in the league nowadays is so close if you throw out uh, the Colorados and I don't even know who on the East is really bad. But for the most part, there's a lot of teams right now that still believe that they have an opportunity to make the playoffs because of the way that the, the, the parity in the league is. I think the Oilers, the fact that they're winning close games, they're coming back in games that they're falling behind in, is a huge positive. And... 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm still a, a glass half full type of guy when it comes to watching the others because I've watched the last decade and that glass was empty for about 10 years. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout and then we're going to bring in Tom Rowe from the Panthers dressing room. The Oilers win 4-3 in overtime. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Live from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. Fourth straight win for the Oilers, 4-3 in overtime against Florida. The Panthers coach and interim GM, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group, Challenge Creates Opportunity, We Provide Solutions, is Tom Rowe. See a disappointing end to a really good hockey game, and you got to be yep. proud of your team coming back after uh, getting in a hole 2 nothing. Yeah, Randy, uh, couldn't have said it better. I'm real proud of them. Uh, we came into a, an extremely tough building with a lot of elite players, and our guys played their heart out. You know, we got obviously four major guys out of our lineup, and for us to come in here and, and do what we did and, and get a point and, and really have a chance to win the game right to the end says an awful lot about our team. Do you agree with the with the ruling uh, by the NHL at the end of overtime? Yeah, I mean the the video was is clear. I mean they had a view of it in Toronto. Uh, you know they had a view of it right on the ice. So you know we're going to go with it. Francis, I thought you know made the right call. As tough as it is, I mean talking to Robbie Tallis after the game, he said it definitely was in. So the NHL does a real good job at looking at their video review, and it's tough, but you got to live with the ruling. You feel bad for James Reimer. He made some big saves, especially uh, late in the third period and in overtime. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, he, uh, we all do. He played his heart out. He played an unbelievable game. You know, as usual, our goaltending continues to give us a chance to win every night. And that's all you can ask for from him. And uh, like I said, the effort was outstanding. There's an awful lot to build on, a lot of positives. And the efforts we're getting from, you know, Scarboza, McKeg, you know, Thompson. Even though Thompson doesn't get a ton of minutes, he gives us quality minutes. You know, Sean Thornton's a great leader on the bench. We, we, it was really a good night. It's tough, but it was a good night. Tough to find that secondary scoring as well. You got Vinny Trocek red hot, but after that, it's just it seems like it's really difficult to find that offense. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think too the guys are still getting used to being here on a regular basis and getting big minutes and, and, and important minutes. You know, McKeg went out, I thought, and did a great job for us. Uh, so we'll keep building on it. Like I said, a lot of positives to work with. All right, Tom Rowe, interim head coach of the Florida Panthers. A final call tonight. Gary, sorry, we're a little tight for time, but uh, give us uh, 45 seconds, buddy. Hey, Reed. Rod, thanks for taking my call. Uh, last call, I guess. Um, yeah, I was at the game last uh, tonight. Uh, very exciting, I thought. Uh, I wanted to thank my colleague uh, from work, Andrew, for uh, giving me the ticket. I was right, uh, sat right next to the penalty box, the opposition penalty box. Uh, it's nice to see Everly finally get off shine 19 games, and uh, hopefully he can spur that line on now that Huge Hopkins is going. Hopefully we can get Bouviat going. Uh, my question is, to end the evening, you got now back-to-back Friday, Saturday with Nashville and Calgary. What would you do? Would you play uh, Talbot first or Lombard-Squall? Would you play Talbot for both of those games? I, I listened to Jack talk earlier, and, and he made a really good point of playing Talbot first. After that game, decide what you're going to do in the second game, and, and I'm all for that. Yeah, I put Talbot in. He's playing so well right now. Get two more points on home ice, and then decide Saturday morning what you want to do for Saturday night. Thanks, Gary. On the Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard, the Sharks beat the Kings 3-2. Red Wings knock off the Bruins 6-5 in a shootout. Penguins 4, Montreal 1. The Jets get a 6-3 win over the Coyotes. And, of course, here in Edmonton, the Oilers, a dramatic overtime goal by Connor McDavid to beat the Panthers 4-3. We have additional post-game interviews on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. And our next broadcast is going to be on Friday when the Oilers host Nashville 5.30 face-off show. The game will start at 7. Rob, thanks for all your hard work. Yeah, looking forward to the next one. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, and Troy Bowler is our engineer here at Rogers Place. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Ferranda Team Broadcast Center. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great evening. 